The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the general Cigar Dave. National Bourbon Heritage Month is upon us. It is a fantastic time of year as we enjoy fantastic bourbons and American whiskeys. Football is in full bloom. College football has been uh, just concluded week number, well, is about to conclude week number two. The National Football League kicked off on Thursday, tomorrow. Big slate of games. Cannot wait. I will be in my Buffalo Bills gear, ready to go front and center at the Avenue in downtown St. Petersburg, an official Bills lounge. Cannot wait for that. But before we talk about National Bourbon Heritage Month and football and cigars and spirits and all things alpha male lifestyle, I think it's important we recognize the significance of the anniversary tomorrow of 9-11. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Front and center coming to you from Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A in the Cigar City. Tomorrow is a very significant day in this nation's history, in world history. It is hard to believe that 15 years ago tomorrow, the attacks, the terror attacks, the Islamic radical terrorist attacks that took place in this country that caused so much devastation, I cannot believe it was 15 years ago. Now, I know that most of you remember exactly where you are, what you were doing. The memories are vivid just today as they were 15 years ago. I know they are for me. But we also have lieutenants and alphas, alphas in training, who weren't around or were very young when 9-11 took place. I mean, think about this. If somebody was five years old or four years old, let's say four years old, they may have some memories, but not great memories. Well, today, they're 19 years of age. They're in college. But we know that those of you that listen to this show, we understand that you know the significance of this date, no matter what your age. And I certainly remember where I was. I remember the first, I was listening to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris and Ted Webb on 970 WFLA in Tampa. It was probably, I don't know, May 7, 7.15 was getting up. Beautiful day in the cigar city of Tampa, just as it was in New York. And I remember Jack coming on, Jack Harris saying, We've got reports now that a small plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. 
And the first thing I thought about is small plane. Maybe it was on approach to LaGuardia, instrument approach. Maybe the weather was bad. Then I turned the TV on. It's a beautiful day. And my first inclination was right off the bat, there is no way a small plane missed or, or, or did not go into that building on purpose. There's just no way that that was an accident. And then, of course, a few minutes later, when we see the other plane crashing into the other tower, we knew. America was under attack, and I remember being at, uh, at our flagship uh, station, 970 WFLA at the time, and being there for almost the entire day, Ever, all hands on deck. It was a day that shall live in infamy, to quote Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It was certainly the Pearl Harbor of our time. And so today, while some people may diss the American flag, diss our national anthem, diss this country, which is their right under the Constitution, the men and women of our armed forces in every conflict have gone to war, have gone to battle, knowing that they are their number one job is to protect our freedom and our Constitution, which affords morons and schmucks and overpaid, spoiled athletes the right to make complete asses of themselves. They have that right, and I certainly defend that right. But what I do not defend is the disrespect to those men and women in the armed forces, those people who, who have given their life for this country. That is unacceptable to me. Now, two things that are also, or another thing that's unacceptable to me, two events that occurred over the last few days are unacceptable to me as well. And it involves commercialization of 9-11. What took place on September 11th, 2001 in this country? Now, you know that when we commemorate Memorial Day, we observe Memorial Day, we don't celebrate Memorial Day. I'm not jumping up and down, <laughs> clapping my hands, saying, hey, happy Memorial Day, everybody. That is not what Memorial Day is all about. We observe Memorial Day we have a very somber show on Memorial Day. Many people think it's just a weekend to start summer and go to the beach, play golf, put some, uh, some, some meat on the grill. And we see so many of American, so many American citizens that have absolutely no clue, no clue the significance of Memorial Day. And that is shameful. That is pathetic. What in the world are the grade schools and high schools teaching? the students in this country, because clearly they're not teaching American history. Any teacher worth a damn or school worth a damn should, for just an hour, say, we're going to talk about Memorial Day. We're going to talk about the significance. It may not be in our curriculum. The state doesn't mandate that we talk about this, but we're going to take an hour, and we're going to bring in a mother or father or brother or sister whose son or daughter or brother or sister paid the ultimate price in service of this country. You all need to hear from someone who lost something so significant to them in defense and in service of this country. It's embarrassing when we see on Memorial Day stores conducting Memorial Day sales, you know, buy two for one, Two for one meets at, on your Memorial Day sale. Hey, we've got a great Memorial Day sale. Save $500 on a brand new grill. Save 1000 on a brand new car. That is insulting to the 
armed forces. It's insulting to those people that have served, that have paid the ultimate sacrifice. It's insulting to me as a citizen to have to listen to that. I've always stated we should have a mandatory minute or several minutes of silence where everybody in this country on Memorial Day at high noon stops what they're doing. I don't care if they're in an airport. I don't care if they're at a restaurant. I don't care if they're on the beach playing golf. Stop what you're doing for a minute or two to remember those that served and gave their lives for this country. And the same thing could be said for the victims of 9-11. An unspeakable terrorist attack on this country. And what did we see this week from two stores that, and I'm sure there were many others, but two that really made the rounds on websites and newspapers and uh, TV newscasts, radio shows. The first one was from a Walmart in Pensacola, correction, Panama City, Florida. And I know we're heard up in Panama City. And I'm sure that many people in Panama City, when they heard that the Walmart in Panama City built a Coca-Cola display in the shape of the Twin Towers with a sign above it reading, we will never forget, I'm sure when they walked in and saw that, they were insulted. I know the first thing I did when I saw this and see two giant pillars of Coca-Cola, I don't know if they were 12 packs or 24 packs, whatever it was, they were two giant darker pillars And then below it, it looked as though there were other cartons of Coke that were piled up, but you could definitely see the two Twin Towers. You could vividly see the towers made of Coca-Cola cartons. It was an... Not only was it extremely distasteful, not only was it extremely embarrassing to Walmart and I think Coca-Cola, because Coca-Cola approved the display... But it's tremendously insulting to this country, to the people that lived through that day, to the people that that were in New York City, that assisted with the evacuation, the people that were that perished, that were murdered on that day. It is an absolute insult. It is unacceptable. It's embarrassing. Do people not have common sense to look at that? Does a general manager of Walmart or Coca-Cola not have the common sense to look at that and say, stop, don't even go there? There is no way, shape, or form we commercialize the tragedy of 9-11. Well, it didn't stop that Walmart, and it didn't stop Coca-Cola, who apparently, from what I understand, approved that display. Now, they promptly removed the display after complaints. And apparently, from what I'm reading, the idea for the display came from Coke and been approved by the store. So maybe it wasn't Walmart, it was initially Coke. But for Coca-Cola... For Coca-Cola to, for any, first of all, whatever manager employee suggested that should be fired and terminated immediately. And if I'm the CEO and chairman of the board of Coca-Cola, I bring that person in and I say, you embarrass this, this, this company. It's unacceptable. Do you not have any common sense? Apparently not. And whack their asses, give them a one-way ticket home to the unemployment line. Now, the second thing was way more egregious. This was in San Antonio, Texas, a mattress store called Miracle Mattress, having a twin tower sale. Now, I'm not going to play the audio for you on this show, because frankly, when I saw this, it's extremely disturbing. And and just watching this, I couldn't help cringe 
every second of that commercial. And I kept shaking my head. I got angry for every uh, continuous second of that commercial. I got angrier and angrier. Now, we're going to post that at CigarDave.com. If you want to see it, we will post it. I'm not going to play the audio. Most of the time, we would. Not going to play the audio. But the gist of the commercial is, what better way to remember 9-11 than with a Twin Tower sale? touting a two-for-one sales as two employees at the end of the commercial fall into two collapsing towers of mattresses. And then at the end, the, the gal, nothing to look at, by the way, says, we'll never forget with a smile. Now, the owner of Miracle Mattress, Mike Bonanno, called the video tasteless and affront to the men and women who lost their lives on 9-11. Well, if you're the owner, why on, how on earth do you approve this? And now the mattress location, that store, is closing temporarily. Sure, because people are absolutely irate. There's no question about it. But it is, you have to wonder, how incredibly stupid, how incredibly stupid are these people that approved or even thought to create a commercial and a sale called the Twin Tower Sale on 9-11? It's like Memorial Day. It's off, it's, it's, inappropriate. And again, how stupid can these people be? You can't say, well, geez, we're sorry. We didn't realize we offended people. It was an honest mistake. No, I'm sorry. That's not an honest mistake. That is complete asinine stupidity and disregard and callousness for what this country went through on 9-11. It's embarrassing. It's disgusting. It's tasteless. And frankly, if that Miracle Mattress store goes out of business, great. I'll be applauding it. If that Walmart or Coca-Cola loses sales, great. Because I can tell you one thing, that I'm going to start drinking Pepsi, at least for the foreseeable future, diet Pepsi, caffeine-free, that is, or any Pepsi product. I think I'm going to boycott Coca-Cola because the mere fact that Coca-Cola approved that or, or suggested that initially is just revolting to me. And it's true. We have so many stupid people in this country. Those of you that listen to the show, we're in a different category. I, I like being elitist. And when I say being elitist, I like the fact that we as alphas, we're smarter. We have common sense. We're educated. We're knowledgeable. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have an MBA or a doctorate. But it means that we're well-versed and knowledge on what happens in this country. And we have a ton of people in this nation that are stupid, that are feckless, that are dumb lemmings that'll get led around by their nose like on a leash because they're too stupid to take the time to learn about the history of this nation, to learn about the significance of Memorial Day or 9-11. The fact of the matter is we do have many stupid people in this country. And when you look at Waters World or when Jay Leno used to do his jaywalking and you see these people and you ask them, tell me, what two countries participated in the Spanish-American War? And they reply, Germany and Italy? You know this country is in deep trouble. What in the hell are our schools teaching our nation's youths? Utes, as, as they said on, on uh, my cousin Vinny. What are they t teaching our nation's youth? And the answer is clearly nothing. 
The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is an Alec Bradley sampler, including the Alec Bradley Sanctum. The Costa Rican binder has great body, while the Colombian tobaccos add to the aroma. Alec Bradley Sanctum uses fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua, creating a four-country blend that is as complex as it is unique. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. This is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar, like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Patriotically made in the USA, America's alpha male-in-chief, Cigar Dave. And I'll tell you what else is made patriotically in the U.S. of A. That would be bourbon, National Bourbon Heritage Month. It is all of September to celebrate bourbon as America's native spirit. And Bourbon Heritage Month was... Officially approved by the U.S. Senate, declared September of 2007, and the, the bill reinforces the 1964 Act of Congress that declared bourbon America's native spirit by celebrating the family heritage, tradition, and deep-rooted legacy that the bourbon industry contributes to the United States. So not only do we celebrate bourbon during Bourbon Heritage Month, we've expanded it here on the Cigar Dave Show. We also want to celebrate all 
American whiskeys, because I think that there has been a, I not think, I know there's been a major, major revolution with craft distilling, with the explosion of American whiskeys, not just bourbons, but American whiskeys, as well as other American spirits as well. And by the way, in the second hour will be the entire hour spent at Main Craft Distillers with the proprietor and master distiller, Luke Davidson had the opportunity to spend uh, some time with him not too long, actually just about a week or so ago. We've got some very interesting spirits that we will discuss with him. Now, before we get to the national anthem, I think it's very important. We know that Colin Kaepernick took a big stand and basically not standing for the national anthem in protest to the oppression of black Americans. All I can say is, lieutenants, I will gladly be oppressed like Colin Kaepernick a black American, to the tune of $61 million of guaranteed money in his National Football League contract. So I will be, I'm happy to be oppressed to get a $61 million payday. But I can tell you this, lieutenants, we will stand for the national anthem as we remember, memorialize the victims of 9-11 15 years ago. so you can listen to The General anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? 
They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. The August 2016 Officers Club selection comes from Rocky Patel. It is the Hamlet Paredes Tabaquero, or just called the Hamlet Tabaquero by Rocky Patel. And this was developed and blended by Cuban master of cigar tobaccos, Hamlet Paredes. We have had Hamlet on the show many times. Joined us again from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, mid-August. And his cigar, the Hamlet, which was launched a year ago, featured in our August Officers Club selection. It got out a little bit late, right around the end of August, so you probably got it uh, right around September 1st to about September 3rd. Reason was, with all the FUDA regulation, every manufacturer got backed up trying to get out the product to meet certain regulatory requirements. So got out a little bit late, but I guarantee you it was worth the wait, and I know it was because we have received many emails and tweets from Officers Club members saying they absolutely love the beautiful Hamlet Tabaquero. Now, the Hamlet, Hamlet Tabaquero uses a beautiful, robust San Andreas wrapper, almost a Marron wrapper. Looks like a dark Maduro. The filler from Nicaragua, binders from Brazil and Mexico, two binders, beautiful crafted blend. It is medium to full, a lot of spice, major, major flavor. You will certainly enjoy the flavor that comes on the palate. And Hamlet, one of the great master blenders from Cuba, he was their ambassador for Habanos across the world, defected, defected through western New York, through Niagara Falls into Buffalo, and that's why Hamlet had such a soft spot for Buffalo and loves coming up every year for the Alpha Pleasure Fest. So the Hamlet Paredes Tabaquero by Rocky Patel, and you got three great cigars, beautiful stick, I think it's in the $9 category, somewhere in that neck of the woods, but very, very nice, and it goes beautifully with bourbons or American whiskeys, 
guaranteed you will love the Hamlet Tabaquero by Rocky Patel. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Got my self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, from the Cigar Dave Signature R&D Laboratories, I can tell you one thing. That my laboratories are R&D development laboratories far better than the SpaceX laboratories because my lighters have never exploded, the ones they've given to me. Now, maybe they did in the R&D labs, but they never have in my hand. And by the way, these lighters are not like the Samsung Note, what is it, the Samsung Note 7 that the batteries are exploding, causing all sorts of fires. Can't even take them on an airplane now. But I've got my Cigar Dave Signature lock and load. They call this the grenade because it looks like a hand grenade, big tank, giant SST flame. You could weld steel with this thing. So this is what I will use today on my Hamlet Tabaquero by Rocky Patel. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, here comes the cup. Perfect. By the way, I completely forgot to mention what size cigar that I have. Actually, I have got a magnificent looking Robusto Grande. Five inches in length, 54 ring gauge. Now, you know my favorite is a Toro, but wanted to go with the Robusto a little bit different size today. So now let me post the foot of this cigar, taking my time here. Yeah, let's see that. Oh. Ah, breathing in that incredible aroma of this Hamlet Tabaquero. And Hamlet has tremendous passion. And when he he's, initially was only used to working with Cuban tobacco. So when Rocky came in and said, okay, Hamlet, here it is. Here's all our tobaccos from Nicaragua, from Mexico, from Connecticut, from, from Honduras, from Ecuador, from Peru. He, he said he was like a kid in a candy store. It was like Christmas. Didn't know what to do. He couldn't believe it. And the cigar that he blended, magnificent. And he's got a, a few other cigars that he is working on. I have tested the blends, tasted the blends. Very, very spectacular. All right, let me puff and rotate here. Wow, great aroma, great draw. Mm. And by the way, every one of our attendees, our guests at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, in their pack of six different cigars that they received, one of them was the Hamlet. Okay. Blow on the foot of the cigar, even amber glow. My cigar is now lit. I need something to accompany this Hamlet during National Bourbon Heritage Month. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I'm not just going to pick any plain old bourbon. To kick off National Bourbon Heritage Month, I've got to select something very special, and I have. I have in my hand the old Forster birthday bourbon from 2007. Somalier Dave gave this to me. Here we go, back in 2007. Hard to believe. Now, what is unique about the birthday bourbon is that every year, Old Forster releases a special edition to honor George Garvin, uh, the initial George Garvin Brown, the founder of Brown Foreman and Old Forster. Now, this particular Old Forster birthday bourbon from 2007 was initially distilled in the spring of 1994. So when it was bottled, 13 years in 
the barrel in Kentucky. Very limited number of bottles were produced, only 8,500 bottles. And the birthday bourbon comes out annually to honor George Garvin Brown. Now, with this 2007 vintage, some very unique flavors that I will get to in just a moment. But what is interesting, I went online just to see if any of these were available. Well, they're available at auction. For the birthday bourbon, the uh, Old Forster birthday bourbon 2007, anywhere between $400 to about $700 if you can find it. And I only drink it sparingly. In fact, that's why I still have probably about uh, 80% of the bottle still. So if you look at this bottle, it actually looks like a copper still. A very unique looking bottle. I will open it up right now. Oh, the aroma is just incredible. I'm just going to take a sip. I'm not going to pull for a full one ounce shot. No way. Because I have to I have to allow this to last almost in perpetuity. I don't want to just use it all and 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 be done with it in a year or two. I take my time on this. Wow, incredible aromas. Let me just keep sniffing here. Mm, some cinnamon, some vanilla, a little bit of spice, almost a subtle maple syrupy tinge to it, but very, very subtle. Wow, just absolutely incredible. I will say cheers. Let me take a sip. Mm. 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 Wow. Some sharpness, some major warmth, a tinge of cinnamon, a little bit of sweetness, definitely can taste a little bit of the charred oakiness of the barrel, but not overpowering. This is definitely not a mild flavored bourbon. With 13 years in the barrel, it's going to be a fuller bourbon, and it is. But a beautiful accompaniment to my Hamlet Tabaquero by Rocky Patel. Delicious. Let me take another sip here. I tell you, just the aroma. I could I could just continue sniffing the aroma from my whiskey snifter over and over. Just incredible. Take another sip. Mm. Wow. Now you want to swirl it in your mouth. You want it to surround the palate. You want it to be a sensual experience on the palate. You want it, the silkiness. You want the body. You want the taste, the notes. Just completely engulf the tongue, the mouth, the palate. And on the way down, you want to savor every last note and every last sip. So, my Hamlet Tabaquero by Rocky Patel is lit. I have sampled my old Forster birthday bourbon. And in the second hour, a very special hour indeed, as I had the pleasure and privilege of spending half a day with Luke Davidson, the proprietor and master distiller, founder of Maine Craft Distillers in Portland, Maine. I was up in Maine for some rest and relaxational maneuvers. I had to get out of the Florida heat. And I did so for four weeks. And then I came back, and it's uh, 93 with about 180% humidity. But the experience of spending time with Luke, learning about their various spirits, learning about the history, just incredible. Many, the distill, actually the, the, he calls it Frankenstill, which is his still, his, the still that they actually distill the various spirits, built himself. 
the many of the spirits, many or many of the raw materials sourced from Maine. A very unique uh, story with Maine craft distillers and their very, very limited edition 50 stone whiskey. Only 500 bottles. I'm one of the 500 that will get them in October. Already accounted for. Will be released next month. So October, that will be released, but they've got a, an entire line of spirits, including some great gin, some great rum, and what they call their black cap barley spirit that is off the charts. And their rum's just incredible. And they have another very unique spirit called Blue Shine. It is blueberry moonshine that is absolutely off the charts. It is a sensual experience when you sip the blue shine. So we will be talking with Luke Davidson, Maine Craft Distilling, the entire second hour. Now, I will say... Because it was such a fascinating uh, half day that I spent with him, we had enough for probably an hour and a half uh, in terms of, of content. So we had to edit it down for broadcast for the show. However, we are going to post the entire interview uncut on CigarDave.com. Now, when we come back, lieutenants, I'm going to tell you about a very important research project, a drinking research project that the National Institutes of Health is spending a million dollars on. And when I tell you what they are studying, you will be fit to be tied. We'll tell you about the Buffalo Chicken Wing Eating Championship and also a great story about a gentleman who had to escape his nagging wife. The September selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is an Alec Bradley sampler, including the Alec Bradley Black Market, a powerful Nicaraguan wrapper and flavorful Sumatran binder wraps around fillers from Honduras and Panama. The Alec Bradley Black Market is a medium to full-bodied smoke that doesn't disappoint. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Alpha male safety and sanity. The general has turned on the no nagging sign. Naggy dames may now exit the man cave. And how appropriate it is that we have turned off the no nagging sign because somebody that would have liked to have turned the no nagging sign on is Lawrence John Ripple, 70 year old gentleman from Kansas City, Kansas, this past Wednesday. He walked into a bank, handed a teller a note saying he had a gun and wanted cash. But after the bank employee obliged, handed over a bag full of cash, what did Lawrence John Ripple do? He wandered over to the bank lobby and sat down. A little bit unusual, wouldn't you say? Normally you want to make a quick exit. He waited for police to arrive. So you know there is more to this story. Once officers appeared... Mr. Ripple told the uh, police, I'm the guy you're looking for. Now, during questioning, Ripple told officers that he wanted to go to jail. Now, think about this. The man says, I want to go to jail. Why? Why does Mr. Ripple, 70 years of age, want to go to jail? Because he wanted to escape living with his wife. FBI report noted that Ripple wrote, out his demand note in front of his wife and told her he'd rather be in jail than at home. And investigators found that Ripple's argument with his wife of 33 years started after she began nagging him about their broken dryer. What do we say? This is a no-nag zone. So clearly, Lawrence John Ripple's wife of 33 years began nagging him about a broken dryer, and he said, I've had enough. Jail is preferred to living with you. Now, what's the moral of this story? Now, if Mr. Ripple had a prenuptial agreement, and maybe he does, but I doubt it. If Mr. Ripple had a prenuptial agreement, he could have just walked into her and said, sweetheart, this is now a no-nag zone, and this is now a no-wife zone. I'm filing for divorce. Here's our prenup, and you get whatever is specified, and I can walk away. Bye bye Done. Finished. Now, I had an interesting conversation with somebody earlier this week, very quickly here. And we got into this discussion about, you know, why men either cheat, why men leave, why men say enough is enough. And it's very simple. One of several things. Usually it's either because of financial-related issues or because the wife does not further please the husband doesn't look attractive, doesn't fix herself up, doesn't, doesn't make him feel warm after a hard day when he comes back from home. The last thing a man wants is to be nagged and hassled. And I've seen this over and over again, especially in male species 
of the wussified beta type. Now, this would never happen to alpha males because alpha males would just have one look at the misses and say, I don't think so. And now an alpha male takes out a C-note or a couple of C-notes to his harem, his wife, his mistress, and said, sweetheart, go get your nails done, get your hair done, go a little shopping, look good for me, look hot, sweetheart. Now, there's nothing sexist or chauvinist about that. In fact, a good alpha male is more than happy to do that for his woman. But a wussified beta doesn't know what to do. A wussified beta will take it and take it until he is beaten to a pulp. So it's very simple. To those ladies that are out there that are nagging your men, trust me when I tell you this. It's a matter of time before he says, bye bye sayonara, and checks out. So when a man comes home, don't hassle him. I don't want to be nagged. I don't want to be hassled. Just a little point of reference. So very interesting. 70-year-old would rather go to jail Rob a bank, go to jail, then spend time with the nagging wife. Can't blame him. Buffalo. The Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival. Two-day festival wrapped up a week ago today. The National Buffalo Wing Eating Champion defended his title. Competitive eater Joey Chestnut, who also won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest July 4th, won the competition at the Buffalo Chicken Wing Festival at Coca-Cola Field, downtown Buffalo, a week ago today. 100. And 88 wings in 12 minutes. I kid you not. 188 wings in 12 minutes. I mean, I know if I order wings on occasion and I order 10 wings, you know, usually by about the 10th wing, I'm definitely full. I can only imagine 188 wings. And here's the thing about these competitive eaters. They're not big guys. All the big guys always lose. This Joey Chestnut probably with all the wings, probably with 30 pounds of wings in him, maybe weighs 140 pounds. I don't get it, but I'm just imagining how much antacid and Rolaids and Tums and Maalocs and any other antacid the guy must need after eating 188 wings in 12 minutes. That just, I don't get it. It's just off the charts. And I wonder if they were mild, medium, hot, or extra crispy. And do they have to eat them with the blue cheese and and the celery? That I don't know. Now, you will be pleased to know, lieutenants and fellow alphas, that the United States National Institute of Health is spending research dollars, your tax dollars, on important breaking health research. They are at the cutting edge of being able to tell you something extremely important, something that I guarantee every citizen in this country wants to know, that, re- that, that, that you will be so pleased to know that the NIH is spending almost a million dollars. To be specific, the National Institutes of Health spending $911,056 between now and July 2019, a grant that they awarded to Virginia's Old Dominion University asking lesbian couples what their drinking habits are. I am not making this up. Almost a million dollars to ask lesbian couples to fill out daily diaries detailing their drinking habits and noting down why they choose to drink at that time. Now, according to the leaders of the study, no one has ever studied the drinking habits of lesbian couples, making it an area worthy of funding. Do I give a damn what the drinking habits of lesbians are? I don't care. And I certainly don't want a million of our taxpayer dollars being spent on that. It's absurd. 150 lesbians will be recruited for the study. 
So let me get this straight. $911,056 for the grant for the study. 150 lesbians. That comes out to $6,073.71. Let's just round it up to $6,100 per lesbian to determine what their drinking habits are. Who cares? This is why government is so screwed up. This is why government does nothing efficiently. This is why Donald Trump should be elected and take a giant red pen and look at us and said, I don't give a damn what lesbians drink and when they drink or how they drink. We're not spending a million bucks on it. Absurd. Lieutenant's hour number two of the Cigar Dave show is around the corner. We will be joined by Luke Davidson, the proprietor, master distiller of Maincraft Distillers. We'll take you on site to his distillery in Portland. We'll talk about their very unique spirits as we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month. By the way, Gretchen Carlson gets $20 million for a settlement being sexually harassed. To any woman that wants to sexually harass me, especially if you're hot and good looking, please do so. I'm more than happy to be sexually harassed for $20 million large. Hour number two is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. The entire month of September, we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month. Celebrating bourbon is America's native spirit, but here on the Cigar Dave Show, we enlarge that. We also celebrate American whiskeys, and we also celebrate American spirits. There's been a huge renaissance in American craft distilling. And while I was up in Maine, had the opportunity to... Spend uh, just over a week in Maine, some nice R&R, beautiful, cool weather, wonderful time up in that neck of the woods. I was not resting. No, well, I was, but I went in search of some unique craft distillers, and I found one, Maine Craft Distilling, and we will speak with Luke Davidson, the founder, master distiller of Maine Craft Distillers, Portland, Maine. Let's send you there right now. Pleasure to welcome Luke Davidson, the proprietor and master distiller of Maine Craft Distilling, Portland, Maine. Very unique operation. Luke, thanks for the invitation. Appreciate uh, having the opportunity to take the tour and learn all about uh, this very unique craft distilling operation. Welcome. I'm glad you could make it. We have a lot to talk about. And I have to tell you that as we celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month, the weather in Maine this time of year is magnificent. Do not miss the heat and humidity of Florida. But we're going to be going to some uh, very cool areas where there is some heat here in the distillery, and we'll talk about that. But first, give us a little background, Luke, from you and how you got uh, into the world of craft distilling. 
So about five years ago, um, I thought of some ideas to use some of the, the really neat, unique farm-based uh, agricultural products that are coming out of the state. I grew up on a farm in central Maine. I wanted to use a lot of that um, to move forward with. Uh, barley was a big main crop, and it's really just a cover crop to uh, potatoes. And um, we are trying to use a lot of that crop to make value-added products in Maine. So I was drawn to that for that reason. Um, we, as we looked at the food or foodie economy in Portland, um, it looked like something that we could really um, capitalize on. And the new craft wave of craft spirits was also something that was intriguing to me. So I wanted to put it all together. Um, I did it under the, the sort of the uh, idea that um, Scottish whiskeys are really obviously very desirable and, and interesting products. Maine has a similar climate and uh, the growing season is similar, and the style of barley that's grown in Maine is also similar. So I thought I'd put all that together and apply some of those Scottish techniques of uh, making whiskey to make a product that is um, um, as, as close to a Scottish whiskey but with an American influence as we could do. Well, most of the American whiskeys we see tend to be heavily using the corn because that's native spirit or native, uh, native crop, but barley clearly in Maine, very ample. Indeed. Uh, again, it's a, it's a large cover crop for our big industry in the potato fields. And when you say cover crop, what does that mean? So when they plant um, a, a crop, um, one year it is potatoes in this example, and then one year they let it sit and not um, overuse the soil. And they add something or they plant something into that to keep weeds and other things from taking over that crop um, or the, the soil. Um, and also certain crops actually add nitrogen back to the soil um, and that is uh, called nitrogen fixing, and that would be barley for this particular purpose. So you take advantage of the ample amount of barley that's uh, in the state of Maine. And we're now in 2016. You started Maine Craft Distilling 2012. Indeed, yep. Well, so when we started, we, we knew how to drink whiskey, and that's about it. Who um, doesn't really? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. And it was our, um, our goal to really turn it into a unique uh, Maine product. Um, we set out with some, a lot of gumption and very little money and uh, applied as much gumption as we could and whatever money we could find. The saying was we were saving our pennies to spend nickels. Um, and um, we finally got there. And so we got to a place where now we sell every bit of whiskey we can bottle within days of, of bottling it. And so we're really um, expanding quickly. Uh, you may hear all the noise. We're in the middle of a big expansion. Um, we're moving out of this space to a new one. And so we're, we're busting out at the seams up to our ears and alligators on this one. So I'm going to have to come back uh, next summer and check out the new facility because, as you say, you're going to have much more capacity, especially for the whiskey. And I was in Freeport yesterday visiting the L.L. Bean factory or the store outlets that they have their massive, massive operation. And I checked out your tasting room and your 50-stone whiskey, not available there, but you said you have a couple of, couple of bottles stashed away here at your main distillery. Indeed, yeah. So we try to keep a few around, but even those get, uh, they get, for one reason or another, they tend to disappear. Um, and again, we, we're often, uh, within days of selling it out, of uh, putting it on the market, uh, it sells out. We have lines when we do release it. It's, it's a very unique product, and it's very uniquely Maine in its flavor and profile, and people are really drawn to that. So what was the first product, uh, the first spirit that you distilled when you uh, set up Maine Craft Distilling back in 2012? So we knew our whiskey had to be aged, and that was the goal, is to make some whiskey. Um, so we instantly started making whiskey, um, but we knew that it wasn't going to be ready for at least a year, so we knew we needed to make something to pay the bills while we did that. We started with our, a white whiskey, in essence. We call it a barley spirit, because I think the white whiskey is an overused term. 
and we um, also started with a rum that we could get to market quicker than others, and then the blueberry moonshine was a product that was, we live in Maine, we have a great blueberry crop, people are really drawn to blueberries, and we came up with a unique way to make um, a blueberry moonshine, in essence. And I sampled it yesterday, outstanding. We'll talk about that later, because in addition to the, as you say, the the uh, whiskey, you've really got a, a really unique variety of spirits. The rums, a white rum, a dark rum, and your two gins are very, very unique, including one gin that you age in a whiskey barrel. So we'll talk about that, because even though we're celebrating Bourbon Heritage Month and American whiskeys, we're celebrating all American spirits. Well, we may as well. I mean, that's really what, what this month of September is all about. It's a great month. Football's back, college and NFL, and the weather changes a little bit. For those of us that live uh, down south, it starts to cool down. You get a little bit of the fall taste here. And then it's celebrating really that quintessential American spirit. We say American whiskeys, bourbons, but it's all in that one big category. So a great time. So let's take a walk through the distillery here. And I know you got a lot of action going on. This is a working distillery. There is nothing, nobody's sitting around right now. No, indeed. We're, again, we're, we're trying to fill a lot of orders. We just got a really big order we're really excited about. Um, and yeah, you'll hear the boys uh, banging around out back and we're... Um, We've got a lot going on at the moment. Now, is that order to a, a, a retailer? Yes. Uh, the largest retailer in the state of Maine is Hannaford, um, Hannaford Grocery Stores. Mm-hmm. We can sell out of grocery stores. And uh, we've been working with them for a while, and finally a, a very large order just came in. So we're actually double, doubly busy, I should say. Okay, well, congratulations, because uh, yeah, that's, that's, very, that's very big. And, and leads to my next question, because in terms of distribution, is it primarily regional, just Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire? Yeah, at the moment it is. We wanted to get our products right on the money before we started going into a national reach, and we wanted to know what our limits were when we before we started reaching too far out into the realm, and we found that. It took us a little while. We know how to make our products really well. We're really excited about that, and now we're looking at the next step, and that is to move out into new markets. And there's nothing wrong with being a regional distiller, you know, doing having a product regional where, you know, people across the country want to come and get it. It's, it's the old Coors analogy, you know, when Coors was available only west of the Mississippi, really popular. All of a sudden you can get it every Circle K and 7-Eleven, not so much. Right, exactly. And that's, that is part of our plan. Um, we'll, we'll try to be in the regional markets um, much more than, uh, I'd say niche regional markets for sure. But Maine is our draw. We are from Maine. We're proud Mainers. We really want Maine to be a focal point of our thing. So if we do go, we'll be bringing Maine with us, but we also would love them to visit us here in Maine. Luke Davidson, the uh, master distiller proprietor, Maine Craft Distilling, our guest. Let's start taking a walk through the distillery here. And that's okay. I know they got things going on, so no worries. And the, the noise you hear in the background is what now? That's our mash. Uh, we're making a big mash for our next whiskey run. And basically, it's just a great big stir. We're mixing the grains up, trying to extract as much of the sugars out of them as we can. And, and again, you use 100% barley, Maine barley? 100% Maine barley, yep. Okay, so technically would not be considered a bourbon spirit because of the corn. It's more on the Scottish-type whiskey. Exactly. We call it a Scottish-style whiskey. Uh, we call it a single malt whiskey. That's our other term. Um, and with an American profile. We do age it and... Um, heavily charred oak barrels, so it's a bit unique that way. One thing that's really interesting about our product is that it is 100% Maine product, and that is a very big proud point of our, pride point of ours. We've worked hard to get that, and that was our original uh, plan. So we get Maine right out of the, the grain, right out of the fields of Maine, directly from the right out of the field. 
We then malt that grain um, ourselves. We floor malt it. Now, when you say you malt it, what does that mean? The malting is a process to make a field grain or a, grow, a grain that grows in the wild into a usable grain that we can actually extract the sugar from. And basically, it's a long process that we, um, we soak the grain, we lay it on the floor, we allow it to grow, and what's happening is we're creating an enzyme, we're activating an enzyme in that grain. That enzyme is then later used to um, convert the starches of that grain into sugar, and that's a unique process to barley. Uh, corn isn't nearly um, that process. Often they'll use barley to make a corn whiskey or they'll add enzymes. We make our own in the grain. Once that's malted, we dry it in our kiln. We take a piece of uh, a bit of that grain out and we smoke it with peat and seaweed from down east Maine. So we have a really unique sort of peaty, sort of smoky profile. It's not overly peaty or smoky, but it's just enough. We then uh, mash the grain as typical to um, a brewer would do, a, a beer maker. And this is very unique because I'm looking at these giant wood vats, not metal vats. These are wood vats, and this is actually where you put the malt in. Exactly. We, um, emulating as much of the Scottish style as possible, we, we chose to use wooden fermenters, open fermentation, wooden fermenters. It allows for wild yeast, beneficial bacteria like lactobacillus and other things to actually take up house in the wood. And when we repitch on top, the next run happens automatically. It's like a bread starter. And it creates a whole unique profile inside of that wood. And I'm looking at uh, your fermenter number three here, and this has got 800 gallons. What's the full capacity of these wood fermenters? We like to run them at around 1,000 gallons. That's optimum for us. That's how big our large stripping still is. So um, this was a smaller batch. But, yes, we, we put in about 1,000 gallons of um, wash, we call it, or basically... Um, it's a beer as well. We, we use it smells like a beer right now. Yeah, yeah, it's coming to be a beer. And when we're done, it's a sour beer. It's a pleasant, it's actually quite pleasant to drink, but it's, it's more of a sour style beer. Uh, again, that's more of the wild yeast that's activating in there. You can see it's just bubbling, like a very small bubbling, and that's the yeast activating. Yeah, this is uh, what's happening in there. There's a, a real churn happening, and it's all on its own. There's no, we don't add anything to do that. The yeast is eating the sugar and creating. Um, CO2 as a byproduct and alcohol. Those are the two byproducts of yeast eating sugar. And then at the same time, the yeast is dividing and creating more yeast, so it's going bananas in there. And, and in four or five days, you can see that there's a sort of a ring where the right. foam was higher earlier. It goes up really big, and then it drops back down. And as the yeast runs out of sugar, it stops producing. It settles to the bottom. We drain off this liquid, put it into one of our stills, and uh, repitch on top, and the yeast keeps going out. When you say repitch on top, you put more? More of this uh, sweet liquid that we're making right. in our mash tun called wort, we pitch it right back in there. And so we have a cycle going on and on. And how many days do you keep the wort in here? Depending on temperature and humidity and other conditions, uh, anywhere from three to five days. Three to five days. Talking with Luke Davidson, the founder and proprietor of Maine Craft Distilling in Portland, Maine. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation as we celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month and all whiskeys Americana on The Cigar Dave Show. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show. this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away 
the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple capped using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. We are back at Maincraft Distilling. Luke Davidson, the proprietor and founder, is uh, give, kind enough to give us a tour here at his distillery. And we are at the fermenter. And what is incredible, we just talked about the fact that all this fermentation process goes on for three to five days. And there's a lot of action. I'm just looking at this, and we'll post a video uh, on CigarDave.com. But it is incredible. You can really see all the action taking place in this fermentation unit. Yeah, it is um, it is that. We're, and like I was saying, we're at the tail end of this fermentation. On its high day, it is roiling like if we were boiling with this liquid. Um, a lot going on in there. Like I said, we open ferment, so you will see an occasional bee maybe or or some sort of bug, and that is part of our story. We aren't afraid to say that there are things in there, um, not that we add them to it, but we let the wild yeast and other things um, add to the, 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 the hardiness of our product. So for the, from the wood fermenter, 1,000 gallons, it goes to where? 
into our primary stripping still. We call it Franken still. And I'm looking at that right now, and I can feel the heat yeah. coming out of there. We're probably about five feet away. This is a very unique still because it's got a brick base, and uh, this is different than any other still I've seen. Well, for lots of reasons. One is, um, like I said earlier, when we started, we really didn't have a lot of resources. We had a lot of energy and a rig drive to make it happen. I grew up on a farm. I grew up in a real agricultural can-do community. I decided I was going to make my own still, and so I did. I went out. I got some parts from um, other parts of the food industry. Um, this was from a, a juice factory down um, mid, mid down the mid south area. I got that off of eBay. Uh, <laughs> I got some other parts and pieces and welded it together and made this really interesting uh, still that works wonderfully. Um, and we called it Franken still for that reason. That is beautiful. This is certainly the most unique looking still I've ever seen. And in many distilleries, it's got the shiny copper and yeah. it's all smooth. This is definitely, it's got its own personality, I'd say. Yeah, that's for sure. I would say personality is definitely the right word for this. We're very proud of it. It works wonderfully. We don't have copper on the outside, but we do have copper on, on the, the inside. inside. Yeah. And so how long does it go through the still? We put that in at about 7 this morning, and that'll run to about anywhere, depending on the volume, to around uh, 5 or 6 tonight. Uh, we strip, it's called, 1,000 gallons at a time. So what happens is that alcohol that was created in the, the wooden washback, we need to get out of the liquid. And we do that by heating up the, the liquid to a temperature that is below the boiling point or evaporation point of uh, water, but above that of alcohol. So the alcohol goes up as a vapor, condenses uh, back down, or comes down this pipe into a large coil that is uh, jacketed with cold water. It condenses that back into a liquid and we capture it. That first is called the primary run or the stripping run. Everything we do is um, in the a batch process and pot, we use pot stills to do it. So we leave a lot of the original flavor. That barley stays in a malted flavor, stay with our products. We don't want to get rid of them. So we don't make a vodka, we don't make these super clean spirits because we don't want to, we want to leave a lot of the original flavor in. It gives us a unique profile that we're very proud of. So once we strip it out once, we collect it in our spirit safe over there. It's the large uh, square cube over there that we collect it in. And we get from 1,000 gallons, we get about 100 gallons of low wines, it's called, which is a, a low alcohol, basically sort of coarse version of our whiskey. Uh, every time you distill something, it gets more and more refined. Our whiskeys, we distill twice, um, and other products we'll distill three times. But So after our primary stripping run, we'll go move on to our secondary uh, spirit run, it's called. Basically, that is the same process. We evaporate the uh, or vaporize the alcohol out of the leftover liquid. It goes up as vapor, comes back down again to this other coil, and we collect it all right here out of this spout right here. And we'll, we have pictures that we'll put at CigarDave.com and uh, on our social media because it really is fascinating to look at. And again, the coil, you created that yourself. Yes. So yes. again, I've never seen anything that's very unique, but it works. It does the job. It does. It, it does. We were able to dial in exactly the profile that we wanted to make because we made our own equipment. All right, we'll continue with Luke Davidson, the founder and proprietor of Maincraft Distilling. When we come back, we'll do a little tasting of some of Maincraft Distilling's very unique spirits, including that gin that I told you about that's a combination between a little bit of a whiskey, a little bit of a gin. Lots coming your way as we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month and American whiskeys and American spirits on The Cigar Dave Show. 
The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is an Alec Bradley sampler, including the Alec Bradley Nika Puro 1685. This medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, deep, and well-balanced for a true taste of Nicaragua. The Alec Bradley Nika Puro 1685 is an exquisite Nicaraguan stick. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Looking for the latest and greatest in the world of premium cigars? When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club, you'll be sent three premium cigars each month and selected by me, shipped... In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. The General, front and center as we continue celebrating National Bourbon Heritage Month and all things American distilling. I'm at Maincraft Distilling with Luke Davidson, the founder and proprietor in their tasting lounge. How does that sound, Luke? Sounds good. It's a little bit of, uh, we like to say, a little bit of the barn came into the city here. This is our, our pretty low-key tasting room that we uh, like to sort of let people know about how we do our thing and and give them a little bit of taste of Maine while they're doing it. Well, what I love is the fact that it's smack dab right in the distillery. So, you know, to the left, I'm looking at the barrels full of whiskey and rum, and then I see the fermenters in the back, and you've got Frankenstill right behind here. So you've got all the different bottles. So it's a very, very quaint, very cool uh, tasting room. Yeah, you hear the production going on right now. But, yeah, we like, we're transparent about what we do. We want everyone to know that we use real grain, that we really make our products right here, and we want to talk about how we do it. Uh, not uncommon in the craft spirits world is uh, people bring in a lot of spirits that aren't made by them and call it their whiskey, their whatever. 
and uh, we don't do that. We bring in, uh, you know, grain and we turn it into our product. Yeah, we've talked about that the last few years, that as the explosion in whiskey, everyone's saying they they make their own whiskey on premises, their own distillery, and we found that's not the case. But everything is done right here, and as we look from left to right here, I want to do a little tour here. Actually, I'll let you pick if you want to start with the vodkas, and then, or what do you want to start with? Yeah, we always start, I like to give people a little sort of a taste tour, we call it, and uh, we start with our clearer spirits that are more, uh, less full in flavor, let's say, and got more, um, and we work our way through to the, the more full flavors. Uh, this is our uh, uh, barley spirit, we call it. It's, in essence, a white whiskey. It's the most refined product we make. It's uh, straight barley, period. That's all we make. Is uh, I mean, all we use to make this is just barley. So we, we ferment the barley, as you saw over in that vat, same vat, in fact, um, and then we distill it three times instead of four, and then we charcoal filter it. So it gets a really malty, it, it, it displays the flavor and profile of the main grain really well. Um, we call it a barley spirit because I, I think the white, word white whiskey can scare some people off. It doesn't represent exactly what it is, but it is full of flavor. So we decided to call it a barley spirit. We can't call it a vodka because we don't distill it to the right um, alcohol content. Uh, we don't want to. Um, so we, we, we distill this um, to about 170% and then we cut it down to uh, 90 proof. So this would not be considered a moonshine. No. Uh, so this is basically not what goes into the barrels before becoming whiskey. Precisely. We, so we, we take it one more distillation, and then we filter it through charcoal. So it adds a whole other level of, uh, of refinement that wouldn't come from the whiskey. When you age something, a lot of those things that we look for as refinement are happen because of the age. Things compound. Some of the less desirables drop out of the liquid. Um, other things like that. And so, um, but when you don't age it, um, you have to do something to get it out of there. Either keep stilling it or filtering it or both. And that's what we do for this product. Okay, so we'll give that a try. And again, that is called the Black Cap Barley Spirit. So not really a vodka, but in the vodka category, we'd say? In essence, we, it, as far as the TTB is concerned, no. It's not a vodka or even in the category. You'll get some vanillas, some oh, malty. Got a tremendous amount of aroma on the nose. Yeah. You get vanillas. Uh, I even think some caramels. Um, definitely malty profile. Um, so in a vodka world, this one doesn't work. But I will say European style vodkas do are like this. In Russia, we have a person that's from Russia that comes in um, at least once a month and buys four or five bottles. It's just like her homeland vodka, she said. In fact, she brought back a bunch to a big vodka off at, in Russia with her family, and they all brought vodkas from all over where they were, and we won. Cause it was, it was, so, yeah. Well, the aroma is just incredible on here. You're right, the vanillas, just very aromatic. Not what I would think from you know, a neutral spirit. So let me take a taste, say cheers. Wow, that is definitely not in the vodka category. That, to me, is... It's, to me, it just tastes like a, almost like an aperitif. This has a lot of flavor to it, a little bit of sweetness. It's kind of almost like a Sambuca without the, the, um, yeah. the licorice. But I mean, I could call this a, this would be, to me, if I told somebody this is like a barley moonshine, I could get away with it. Oh, yeah, no, that, but mean, it's very, very good. In essence, it is. It's not, it's a refined moonshine for sure. That is phenomenal. I mean, that is, I have to tell you that that with a cigar, a mild cigar, or a medium Connecticut-wrapped cigar, 
would go phenomenally. This would be, put this in a snifter and you're good to go with an ice cube. Fantastic. Yeah, one ice cube maybe. If you want to dress it up, hit it with a twist of lime, a lemon in it and uh, you got something special. Now next up, you're going to go back to the history of Portland with some of your rum. This is called Tashtego. Yes, indeed. So we've got a bit of a Moby Dick theme going here. We like to think of rum as a sailor's drink. Um, at least some historical part to that being sailor's drinks. So we kind of have a theme going uh, uh, with our three rums. Um, we started over with our aged rum, which is called the Ration, Ration Rum. So in the old days, rums were, uh, they were doled out small amounts every day in the Ration. Uh, then we have the two Moby Dick references. Tashtiga was a harpooner in Moby Dick. Um, and so we, we thought that this would be a great way to bring the story alive and show some nice classic. We call this a Cuban-style white rum. It's direct fire still, so you get a bit of a smoky flavor. Not maybe smoky, but a, a roasted quality to it. There's, again, more vanilla and caramel, glycerol. It's not um, your typical white rum, but it's exceptional as well. And I notice you don't really have... The main craft distilling is relatively small. You have it on the, on the uh, label, but not overly prominent compared to the, the brand of the particular spirit. Well, we decided to go um, put our, our house brand uh, second to our individual brands for lots of reasons. Um, it allows us to go into a market uh, with just one product or several. It was, a, it was a strategic concept that we put together. So this is the Tashtigo White Rum Molasses Based. 100% uh, super fancy molasses is the grade. Um, it's basically table molasses that we get actually sourced it through Canada. It's a Central American molasses. Uh, basically, it's it's uh, super fancy molasses is uh, sugar, uh, cane juice and molasses combined, so that it um, has a lot of sweetness. All right, and this is eighty proof. I'll say, cheers. Some nice warmth, very smooth. That's very pleasant. Makes a great mojito. I was just gonna say because you said Cuban style. Mojito, you can never go wrong with a mojito, especially down in my neck of the woods in Florida. That is a, and you know what I, I say, that is a drink, you know, even here up uh, in, in Maine, in the Northeast, anywhere in the country in the summer, it's a cool, refreshing poolside drink. You can never go wrong. The only problem is they taste so sweet and they're so refreshing, you want to drink a pitcher of them. And if you do, you better be careful. Exactly. And that's the problem with rum. If you drink too much rum, it is a headache in the future. There's no doubt. But this is very, very smooth. So the white rum, mmm. Very, very pleasant, a little bit of sweetness, very nice. Now next, you have a dark rum, a brown rum. So it's an aged rum. Uh, we, my definition of rums, I think it's pretty much common throughout. There's dark rums and there's aged rums. Dark rums are often with molasses or sweetener added back to them to give them the dark quality. Um, whereas an aged rum, the brown that you see in this bottle is actually imparted by the barrel itself. So the only color you see in this is from the barrel. It picks up a lot of barrel qualities, um, and there's a real uh, sort of rustic, we like the rustic quality of this. This is a bit like, a, again, a sailor's rum, or a, um, some would joke as a pirate's rum. It's got a lot of nice, full flavor. Um, if you like whiskey, we always say this is a nice um, complement to that flavor. Um, it, it makes a great cocktail. We often substitute um, uh, this into um, whiskey cocktails, and it really adds a neat sort of profile that's different. So it's the same as the Tashtigo, but it's aged in whiskey barrels. Precisely. And we do finish it at a higher proof when we do that, um, just because I like to think that rum um, should have a, a bit more strength to it, particularly aged rums, flavor-wise. So um, we do take the white rum and just put it in a barrel, in essence. Literally take the same product put it in a barrel. Definitely can get the oakiness on the nose here. I will say cheers. 
Wow. That definitely, you can tell the difference. A little bit more spiciness, a little bit crisper, a little bit of warmth, but very, very nice. That You can definitely tell the difference. I would say, again, this could be used, this ration rum could be a sipping rum. You can put it in a snifter, have it with a nice cigar, Maduro, medium-flavored cigar. Whereas the Tashtego, I'd probably put that in, uh, as you said, a mojito or some other mixed spirit, mixed cocktail. Yeah, I agree. All right, now I see you've got the 50 Stone Whiskey. We're going to hold on to that. I wanted, That's going to be the, the grand finale. And, and by the way, I can see you had two security guards actually bring that bottle over and secure that because that is, uh, that is contraband. Indeed. Talking with Luke Davidson, the founder and proprietor of Maine Craft Distilling in Portland, Maine. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation as we celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month and all whiskeys Americana on the Cigar Dave Show. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers. Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale.
We are back at Maincraft Distilling. Luke Davidson, the proprietor and founder, is uh, kind enough to give us a tour here at his distillery. Let's go into the the gins because you got the Alchemy Gin, a gin and the Sprig Gin, the Alchemy Dry Gin. But yesterday when, when I had the opportunity to taste both of those, I'm telling you, I was blown away. You could bottle that Sprig Gin, tell people that it's whiskey, and they would never know that. I know you wouldn't do that, but they no, never know the difference. Except that they would wonder, what is that interesting other thing that's going on, right? And that is the juniper and all the other botanicals are kind of sneaking up out of the, out of the woodwork, let's say. Uh, it's really interesting. It's a, this one is another product that we hand sell out of here. People don't reach for it on the shelf or at the bar, but once they've had it, it's another one that goes away. Um, did you want to try the gin, the dry gin, or just the, the... No, let's do the dry gin first, because we'll compare them side to side. We'll do the dry gin first. Now, tell me about the alchemy gin and the botanicals that you use in addition to juniper. So for me, a gin should be... Uh, there's a, an astringent quality to some gins that I don't like, and there's a pine needle sort of wacky over-the-head profile that I think is often overused. I, I like the full flavor of gins, uh, much more round and subtle. Uh, I like to say that this gin is more like a forest than a pine tree. Um, it's got a lot of neat flavor. Um, we add to it um, juniper, coriander, cardamom, some lemon peel, a little bit of anise, and some bitter almonds, actually, too. Um, none of which comes through. Obviously, the almonds don't come through in distillation, so there's no risk of nut allergies. But um, uh, And then, um, so those are the things we add to this other than just juniper, of course. All right. I will say cheers. That's delicious. That is delicious. You can definitely tell the juniper. Almond's tough to tell. Yeah, a, well, they create a stringency, a bitterness. That's yeah, pick up it's got a little one. bit of sharpness, which is nice as it goes down, but very, very pleasant. I mean, this is, uh, this is fantastic. This, again, you can sip, put some ice and you can sip this thing straight I up. This, uh, I drink this uh, straight up. I like it um, in that way. There's a, there's a menthol quality that's a pleasant menthol if there's such a word you know pleasant menthol i mean um that just nice i sit and drink this um just neat in a little glass this would be great as a gin martini also this would be phenomenal and one thing that's interesting about all many craft gins you know a good craft gin is when you make a martini with it and you chill it down it goes cloudy and this gin does do that Uh, that means there's actual real juniper resin in it uh the resins they um, become cloudy because they sort of come out of solution with the water and the cold, whereas uh, a lot of gins on the market have flavor added to them from Exit 7 on the Jersey Turnpike from IFF. (laughs) We don't, obviously, and so my point is when you make that martini and you shake it and pour it out, it's a little bit cloudy and it's got a whole unique flavor profile that's so real as opposed to something fabricated. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, Now we go into the sprig, I like how you call it, barrel rested gin in White Oak, Maine, whiskey barrels. And it is just phenomenal. How long does it sit in the barrel? One year. Whoa, one year. Yeah. So that's a long time. It is. It costs us money to have it sit in that barrel, so we do add a premium to it. We call it barrel rested because the federal government makes us. Uh, gin, by category, is not allowed to have age claim to it. So they had to come up, we had to come up with another term, and so we call it barrel rested, which they allow. And so it's a new category, uh, barrel rested gin. And we're like all of our products, we're really pushing the envelope. Uh, this barley spirit is unique, as I said. That's a no category there. Barrel rested is another category that we're sort of pushing the envelope on, and uh, and it's um, a really interesting product. So, 
like you said, it picks up the barrel qualities and some of that whiskey that may have been in the sides of the barrel. Um, you'll get some real juniper, um, but in a subtle way that's hard to describe. It's odd. We don't add cinnamon to our gin, but for me, a lot of those other profiles convert to cinnamon, which is, I don't know why. I haven't. All right, so it's the Sprig Barrel Rested Gin by Maincraft Distilling. Aroma's phenomenal. We'll say cheers. Wow, very smooth, very smooth. Again, is it a gin? Is it a whiskey? It is a, it's tough to tell. And yesterday when I was at your Freeport tasting room, that was the big dilemma. What was it? Was it more gin? Was it, you know, but tasting both, you can taste both at the same time, which is very, very unique. And I'm going to take another sip of this. It's so good. Mmm. Absolutely delightful. How much for a bottle of the 750 Sprig Barrel Rested Gin? 39.50. That's a steal. It is. That is a steal. Being in there for a year, I'm telling you that you could get away with calling that a whiskey, even though it's technically not a whiskey. But I'm telling you, lieutenants, if you ever get the chance to come up to New England or Maine to Portland, you got to try the Sprig Barrel Rested Gin by Maine Craft Distilling. Before we get to the grand finale of the 52, or correction, 50 stone whiskey, which I'm looking at right now and I'm already salivating the single malt that they create here, we've got a very unique spirit called Blue Shine. Blueberry Moonshine. So we thought we'd take a, a northern twist on a southern favorite. You know, blueberries couldn't get more Maine than a Maine blueberry. And why not try to make something neat out of it? So we took the, the black cap in essence, the black cap barley spirit, and we decided to add some uh, blueberries and some maple syrup. Maine maple syrup, Maine blueberries, Maine barley, all right here in liquid pancake form, we call it. I'm all in. Here you go. And again, it looks like blueberry wine almost. And the aroma is just incredible. You can definitely, you get some of the maple, some of the blueberries. I'll say cheers. Oh, this would be great for breakfast. Sunday brunch. Put it on your pancakes. This is absolutely sensational. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big hit. We can do a lot with that as well. In, in, in the category of, again, kind of innovative or crazy, um, if you want to get creative, substitute this for a whiskey cocktail, in a whiskey cocktail, Manhattan, you know, old-fashioned, things like that. It's different for sure, but it's very interesting and flavorful. People love it. Now, last but not least, this is the grand finale. This is the 50 stone single malt Highland style whiskey, 90 proof. This is what is in demand. 500 bottles will be released next month, and that's it for the following year. Yeah, we, we're always excited to let it go, let it uh, release it, and we're always sad to see it go. Um, it's a highly unique product. It's got a bit of a smoky profile. It's got that roasty quality like we talk about, heavy malt. Um, there's a bit of a neat, wispy sort of um, uh, uh, campfire quality to it. It's not an Islay style. It's more of a Highland style. You'll get the smoke from the seaweed and the peat that we burn in a fire uh, in our smoker. Um, so, again, just a highly unique product. The aroma's on here, and you put it in a whiskey snifter. And the aromas are just flying off into the uh, under the nose. Definitely get some of the peat. A little bit of almost a little creaminess to it. Phenomenal. So let's say cheers. I almost don't want to 
drink this. It, it smells so good. But here we go. Wow. Off the charts. That's a 10. Wow. Thank you. Mm. That's full, isn't it? It's full, but it's very smooth. I'll be honest with you. Every time I have this, my hair stands up. I get so excited. <laughs> Five years ago, we started this to make this product. And we walked out into the night not knowing how to do it. And we ended here. And this is only a year and a half old product. I can't wait until this is two to five years old. But this one blows my mind every time. It just gets better and better. Well, when I drank it, the sip, I got warmth on the nose as I was drinking it. Wonderful spices, a little bit of the oakiness, a little bit of warmth, a little bit of tanginess, but incredibly smooth. For This is only, you said, a year, year and a half? A year and a half. For a year and a half, that is very, very smooth. You get that, that wonderful sort of that uh, peaty sort of uh, roasted quality on your tongue afterwards, too. It's just remarkable. You do, but the peat is not overpowering. No. I never was drawn to the Islay or the heavy peat mm -hmm. stuff. It, it, I could put a cigarette out in any drink, and it would taste like that. But, but there are those subtle qualities, like smoked fish, like, you know, like a, a charred um, sausage or something. Those flavors... Are, I like, that's what I'm marking, trying to hit that mark here with this, and we're getting there. Only 500 bottles suggested retail for a 750 milliliter bottle when it is available. $39.99. You can get double that, and you would sell it out. It's that good. Thank you. Luke Davidson, the proprietor uh, and master distiller at Maincraft Distilling. It has been a delight uh, to be on MaincraftDistilling.com, correct? And yes. your Twitter is at Maincraft Distilling. Yes. Perfect. Luke, it's been a delight. Thank you so much for the uh, hospitality, the samplings, continued success. Next summer when you're in your new place, i got to come back up. Oh, we can't wait. Come on up. Uh, maybe you'll even be uh, staying a little longer and we get to show you around some more. After the great weather and great time that I had up with Luke at Maincraft Distillery, you can be sure I will be visiting again. Lieutenants, we'll continue celebrating National Bourbon Heritage Month for the next two weeks. Got some great spirit tastings, some great American whiskeys. And I'll tell you, go to maincraftdistilling.com. Where do you see their lineup of stuff? And you're, if you're ever up in that neck of the woods, you got to check it out. Luke, very, very hospitable and cordial. Lieutenant Cigar Dave, a general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper delectation. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Go Buffalo Bills tomorrow. We're optimism reigns supreme, and we remember the victims of 9-11 tomorrow, too.